This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, the Grain Commission launches a consultation period to extend the time allowing farmers to challenge the grain grade on delivery to an elevator. The new time frame proposal would be seven days instead of upon delivery. The federal agriculture minister tours flooded BC farms and is moved to tears. Real agriculture talks about interest rates and the Bank of Canada's new mandate on interest rates and its relationship to farming. We hear about a boot camp for grade 12 students in Saskatchewan interested in technology and we have the latest feeder cattle market update. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. The Canadian Grain Commission has launched a consultation period around extending the time for farmers to settle a grain grading dispute with grain companies. In a dispute, farmers can ask for official Grain Commission grading, but must do so at time of delivery. Now the Commission is suggesting a seven-day time period because many farmers now contract their grain delivery through commercial trucking. Remy Gosselin is the head of communications at the Federal Grain Commission. So the uh, Grain Commission announced uh, the beginning of consultations to gather feedback from uh, CGC licensees, uh, grain producers and farm groups on a uh, regulatory proposal to make changes to grade arbitration, which is also known as subject to inspectors grade and dockage, to better reflect and keep pace with the uh, current and operational realities of grain handling and delivery in Western Canada. Now, uh, more specifically, this proposal is meant to address current challenges with subject to, which are basically that producers are rarely present when their grain is delivered to uh, primary elevators as uh, truckers are often used to haul and deliver grain into uh, the elevator system for them, and that currently our our regulations don't provide producers with an opportunity to dispute grade and dockage assessments if they're not present at the time of delivery. So we want to address that concern from producers. So that's why we have this proposal today. And the proposal would allow, what, uh, seven days that farmers could decide whether they accept the grading from the grain company? Correct. We're, we're proposing to do that rather than being immediate, immediately on the driveway at the time of delivery. So it would give a lot more flexibility to producers. And again, they wouldn't need to be present when requesting subject to. So they could do that from their home or office or, 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 uh, or uh, farm. So um, we want to provide them with added flexibility in order uh, to have this important producer protection in the event that there is a dispute on how their grain is being assessed. Is there a lot of farmers that disagree with the grain company's grading and they go to the Grain Commission? There's a few hundred uh, requests per year for the Grain Commission to arbitrate uh, when there are grain grading disputes. The need is definitely there. You know, another opportunity that producers have is competition. That is to say, if they're not happy uh, with the result that they get on their assessment, they can also uh, shop their grain around town, so to speak, and go to other elevators. 
But in the event that, uh, you know, that the grain has already been delivered, now we're giving them more flexibility in terms of what they can do to ask for binding and determination of grade and dockage. So what's the time frame on this consultation period? So it starts today and it goes all the way to the end of February. We really want to have the opportunity to talk to producers and and uh, farm groups and grain companies to see how they feel about this. Obviously, this should not come as any surprise to producers in particular because in recent consultations on the Canada Grain Act, farm groups and producers overwhelmingly expressed their concerns that the existing subject to service and, and, and rights under the Act were too narrow and didn't uh, reflect current practices in the commercial grain handling system, and this proposal is intended to address that concern. This is all because hauling grain to market has changed quite a lot. Now it's done by the semi-truck instead of the old farm truck. Correct. I mean, one of the key concerns that we heard from producers is that they're required to be present while their grain is delivered to request binding determination, and that's just not feasible in the current operational environment. So, uh, you know, as a result of that, they've asked uh, that the time period to request a binding determination of their grading results be extended. And to facilitate this, we've come up with this proposal. If a change was made, when might we expect this to happen? Best case scenario would be August 1st, beginning of the crop year, but it all depends on whether or not we get a consensus on these changes. Now I can see grain companies fighting this and farmers supporting it. What happens then? Well, you know, we haven't heard from grain companies directly yet. Uh, We know that they've expressed concerns in the past that lengthening the amount of time a producer has to trigger binding determination could strain their capacity to keep and retain samples for longer periods of time and that that may add cost. But by that same token, I mean, we haven't heard from them formally yet, and I think there are ways to uh, have these discussions in a way that works for everybody. The Grain Commission consultation period continues to the end of February. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca On Friday, Canada's federal agriculture minister was reduced to tears as she toured areas of southern B.C. devastated by floods last month. Marie-Claude Babot joined her provincial counterpart, Lena Popham, as she toured farms in the Fraser Valley on Friday, some of which are still flooded nearly a month since the first of three major storms hit the region. Later, the two ministers spoke with reporters beginning with Lena Popham. We've been on a tour that brings the disaster right up close and we've seen uh, and heard the stories from the farmers that are still in some ways in the middle of this emergency. The loss that has been felt is absolutely profound and the best way to see that is to be on the ground with the farmers. Uh, We've shared tears this morning, Um, we've seen videos of destruction. And I think uh, from my perspective, uh, this has solidified the partnership that Minister Bebo and I have and our resolution to make sure we find a solution to help people as soon as possible. Uh, Farmers want to get back to work. That's one message that we've received and we need to figure out a way to support them now and into the future so that they can. Food security in British Columbia and Canada is top of mind for people and farmers have fed us for years and years and now it's the time for us to have their back to make sure that they continue doing that. An emotional Marie-Claude Bobo says she was moved by the stories she heard from farmers during the tour. It's going to take time to recover and we really want to be there together to find out the best ways to support farmers at every step of the way. 
There are already, you know, some programs that we can roll out very quickly. We know there will be gaps and uh, our our teams are working around the clock to to make, you know, this support happen. So, but I'm I'm also very impressed by the strength and the resilience and the commitment to rebuild of the of the farmers and uh really we 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 the the message today is that um we're really impressed by, by your work and we will be there standing uh with you to to rebuild hundreds of farms are still affected by the flooding thousands of animals perished including more than 10,000 pigs and more than half a million chickens 400 cattle also perished some crops like blueberries will have to be replanted in the spring Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your RealAgriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. We're joined right now by Craig Clemmer. He is the Principal Economist at Farm Credit Canada. I want to ask you about yesterday's discussion around the Bank of Canada's mandate. But first, overall, as you look at the Canadian economy, how would you describe how we're doing right now? Yeah, I mean, we're kind of in this mixed mixed area where we got some conflicting things happening. You know, if we look at GDP growth, um, and the impacts of the of COVID, where our economy is still trying to recover. You know, if we look at where 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 we are, there's still slack in the economy, and we're trying to recover that GDP perspective. On the other hand, we've had rising, commo- you know, strong commodity prices, and uh, that's put upward pressure on inflation, uh, supply chain disruptions, and then the labor market's been really tight. Overall, um, you know, wages have been increasing, and and as a result, we're seeing this upward pressure on on inflation, and we're kind of at this area where we're you know, what is the right thing to do with uh, with the Canadian economy here? Yeah, so on, on the areas where there is slack, where we need to close some of the gaps, what, what would those be in the economy right now? Well, I think a lot of it is going to be service. And, that you know, if we look at where that GDP growth is going to be, we have, um, you know, opportunities for more services. We, you know, the you know COVID-19 caused uh, restrictions across the country. And, you know, if we look, look at the landscape at varying areas, we're seeing... Uh, uh, different levels of reopening and, and access, but really where we're going to see some big increases on on GDP is going to be on those service industries, whether you're going for haircuts or, um, you know, going into to stores and that for, for different services. That's going to be a real opportunity. You know, on the on the good side of things, Canadians have, you know, built up a pretty large chest of savings um, and, and demand for goods has been really strong. And that's you know, we hear that constantly about those supply chain disruptions as Canadians continue to look for more goods that are being imported in from uh, Asia and around the world. We saw yesterday a renewal of the Bank of Canada's mandate, a five-year mandate. They talked about an inflation target of 2%. Now, how swiftly do you feel that rates are going to be increasing here in 22 through 23? Yeah, well, I think they're going to have to, they're going to be looking to move them fairly swiftly once they start. Um, you know, it's a bit of a bounce because when we look at inflation, um, you know, there's so many different inflation numbers that are people looking at, right? And the most recent number that we saw, you know, back in October was inflation of 4.7%. A headline, you start stripping out the most volatile things, food and energy, which we've seen major increases in gasoline prices. Everybody that's been to pumps noticed that. Uh, and that 
that, you know, stripping out those and looking at core inflation, you're somewhere around that 2.9%. The other thing, when we looked at the Bank of Canada and what they're doing, um, yes, inflation's running really hot this year, but we've got to remember back in 2020, we actually saw inflation running uh, fairly low. So, you know, there's been a bit of wiggle room there. I think where the concerns are coming through right now uh, is, is where, when we looked at what's moving forward, we got wages up, I believe, um, up around 4%, kind of, uh, give or take. Um, they look to continue to accelerate. We have more jobs than, than, you know, postings available than people looking for jobs. So there's some gaps and slack in the economy there that, you know, are going to be difficult for a number of businesses, including agriculture and the food sector. When the Bank of Canada does make a rate change, it doesn't happen immediately. It's going to take time for those impacts to move forward. With, you know, as you mentioned, the new Bank of Canada mandate, they want to also look at that employment. They want to make sure that Canadians are, are, are finding jobs and we have a healthy uh, labor market as well. I wanted to ask you about that. The, the government directed the Bank of Canada to put more emphasis on full employment. And it was described in a Global Mail opinion column that I read late yesterday that that's the most significant change in 30 years, possibly moving to kind of like a, a dual mandate. You mentioned wage pressures to the, to the upside. What, what kind of impact does a focus on full employment have on things like wages and, and, and how the economy functions in general? Well, I mean, what they're looking for full employment is basically what they say is that when a Canadian is looking for a job, they're able to find a job. And there's always going to, that doesn't mean you have an employment, unemployment level of 0%. There's always people looking to turn over, et cetera. Um, and that would be, you know, a little bit more similar to where the, the U.S. mandate is, where they have that inflationary target. They also have the, the employment target. And then they're also looking to, you know, maximize GDP growth in, in kind of roundabout ways. So. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly cloudy today, 30% chance of flurries. Wind southeast, 30 gusting to 50. The high today, minus 2. 60% chance of flurries overnight, the low, minus 9. Tomorrow, snow. Wind northwest, 40 gusting to 60. Temperature falling to minus 15 in the afternoon. Wind chill, minus 19 in the morning, minus 26 in the afternoon. The low, minus 24. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high minus 16. 60% chance of evening flurries and the low minus 20. Friday, cloudy, 60% chance of flurries, the high minus 20, the low minus 24. Saturday, partly cloudy, 30% chance of flurries, the high minus 14, the low minus 16. Sunday, partly cloudy with a 60% chance of flurries, the high minus 17, the low minus 23. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus 20. Normal high for this date is minus 9, the normal low minus 20. The sun rose at 8.52 this morning. It sets at 4.55 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Bassinaboya and Valmarie, both at minus 1. The cold spot, way north, Stony Rapids, minus 28. Estevan in the southeast, minus 6. Saskatoon, minus 4. Swift Current, minus 7. Weyburn, minus 5. Yorkton is minus 4. In Regina, with overcast skies, it's minus 5, that's 24 Fahrenheit. 
Winds are from the southeast at 24. Humidity is 90%. The barometer falling 100.5. Fog and Moose Jaw minus 4. Winds are from the east-southeast at 24. Once again, Regina, overcast and minus 5. That's 24 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. Nearly 30 high school students attended an in-person agricultural boot camp at SAS Polytechnique in Saskatoon last week. The young people are enrolled in the SunWest Distance Learning Center's Agricultural Equipment Technician Program. That program has encouraged a number of graduating high school students to enter SAS Poly's one-year certificate program. One of those students is Chase Duquette from Valmarie. A lot of the things that we learned in the SunWest, we're actually learning again here. In electrical, we put together some fuses and whatever in uh, the SunWest boot camp. And now we did pretty well the exact same thing in one of our electric courses here. As part of the SunWest program was placement at an ag equipment dealership. It's a great experience, more like hands-on and whatever. You can talk to all the journeymen there and they told me a lot of good information. I actually got to do hands-on things at Patterson and Swift Current there. It was really good. Are you pretty excited about potential job opportunities? Yeah, I am. It'll be good. Do you see yourself maybe working off the farm for a few years before going back? Or is that something you haven't really thought about at this point? Yeah, I've uh, been thinking about it, and I think I'm going to work winters at the dealerships and then go back and help my dad in the spring and the fall. Chris Thompson is the head of SAS Polytech's Agricultural Equipment Technician Program. He says there are plenty of opportunities for students like Chase. There is a huge amount of open gaps. I would say we're not even really touching what needs to be filled. Some large dealer groups are saying that they would hire 30 people. The one-year certificate program has 42 students, while another 210 are enrolled in the four-year apprenticeship program. A Yorkton lawyer says there should be a written land lease agreement when farming someone else's land, even if you have known them for many years. Sean Patnode has seen many cases where the old-style handshake deal has worked for many years, but suddenly changes. Well, in one case, there was a, a farmer who had who had farmed the land for 25 years. Another situation where a young couple was farming land, the land of a very close neighbor. And in the third case, similarly, uh, some brothers that were farming land for, I, I believe it was another 20-year sort of uh, term. And in all cases, it was the same situation. They were told last minute, you're, you're, no, you're no longer uh, farming the land. And in all cases, they had verbal leases. Patnode says sometimes landowners are presented with more financially attractive offers. Uh, another renter who uh, agreed to double the existing rent, but on a one-year rental on land that was field-ready for canola. The second one was the landlord had sold the land, uh, again, to someone that wanted to farm land that was, again, field-ready for canola. And on the third one, I believe it wasn't ready for canola, but nonetheless new tenant, I guess put them that way, had everything planned out to do, I think, uh, maybe flax. He goes on to say, 
There was an element of, of perhaps greed. There wasn't a recognition of these tenants putting in a long history of inputs and, and improvements to the land and not recognize that. Now that times were, were good and, and, and these tenants were now finally set to actually make some money. Pat Nod says a written lease agreement provides protection to both parties. I will honor that lease where there is performance by the parties. In the case of a say new lease for a five-year term, there's nothing saying that a landlord couldn't uh, last minute before money changes hands and before farming begins to renege on that verbal deal and, and go to the next highest bidder. So uh, from a tenant standpoint, certainly getting that in writing uh, will protect you from losing uh, the land and from landlord's perspective it will allow you to dictate some of the terms over land use and and payment uh, requirements. Lawyer Sean Patnode was speaking to East Central Region members of the Canadian Association of Farm Advisors in Yorkton. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were mixed during the past week. Lexi Hicks-Maxa with the Ministry of Agriculture and Livestock Development says most prices were reflecting downward pressure. This past week, feeder... Steer prices saw a decrease in prices for the lighter weight categories and an increase in prices in the heavier weight categories when compared to the prices reported the previous week. Prices range from 243.80 per hundred weight for the three to 400 pound weight category up to 173 per hundred weight for the 900 plus weight category. The largest price increase was seen in the 900 plus weight category with a $2.75 per hundredweight price increase from the previous week to average out at $1.73 per hundredweight. The largest price decline was seen in the three to 400 pound weight category with a price decline of $13 per hundredweight to end the week averaging at $2.43.80 per hundredweight. Similarly, the average weekly prices for Sask feeder heifers were also mostly down across the reported weight categories when compared to prices reported the previous week. Prices range from 189.70 per hundred weight for the three to 400 pound weight category up to 167.94 per hundred weight for the 800 plus weight category. The largest price increase was seen in the 800 plus pound weight category with a $4.84 per hundred weight increase from the previous week to average out at $167.94 per hundred weight. The largest price decline was seen in the 5 to 600 pound weight category with an 88 cent per hundred weight decline to end the week averaging at $175.50 per hundred weight. And what were the factors influencing the feeder cattle market this past week? Well, there are many factors at play, such as timing within the market and whatnot. However, the most immediate factor to look at is the jump in the barley and corn prices that we have seen just over the past week. Tell me about marketings. How were they? So this week, Canfax reported a total of 18,699 head of cattle sold in Saskatchewan, which is much lower than the 25,687 head sold during the previous week and lower than the 19,259 head marketed during the same week in 2020. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? 
So the price for Alberta fed steers this past week ended at 164.35 per hundredweight, which is about 47 cents per hundredweight increase from the price re- reported from the previous week. Looking at the call cow market, the price of D2 slaughter cows saw a price increase of $4.58 per hundredweight from the previous week to average out at 71.50 per hundredweight. Well, the price of D3 slaughter cows also saw a price increase of $6.65 per hundredweight from the previous week to average out at $62.58 per hundredweight. Lexi Hicks-Maxa compiles the weekly cattle market summary for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. The Canadian Grain Commission is getting a better handle on 2021 canola crop quality. Just over 2,000 samples have been analyzed from all three prairie provinces as of the middle of last month. Veronique Barthay is a research scientist with the Canadian Grain Commission. Oil content is extremely low, one of the lowest that we have almost in 20 years. The protein content is the highest that we have in 20 years. Chlorophyll content is actually the lowest that we have in forever in all the grades. Usually when you have number two, number three, you have, you know, like 50, 60 ppm of chlorophyll. That's not the case this year. So chlorophyll, it's really, really low. Average canola seed oil content in Western Canada was 42% compared to the 10-year average of 44.4%. There wasn't a lot of difference between the provinces, with Saskatchewan the lowest at 41.8% and Alberta the highest at 42.2%. of canola submitted was number one due to dry harvest conditions in most areas. The average protein content this year was 23.6% on the prairies, the five-year average 20.5%. Glucosinolate levels are higher than last year, but that will not affect canola meal quality. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola rose $3.70 at $963.92. One red spring wheat dropped $0.71 cents at four sixty fifty seven. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $716.91. Feed barley, three eighty three sixty four. Flax, $1,470.59. Lentils, $986.50. Oats, $551.53. Yellow peas, $623.24. And feed wheat, $261.65. It's the Livestock Reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of December 14th. Our last regular sale was on December 8th. The market on slaughter cattle has come up about a nickel. D1 and D2 cows sold from 65 cents to 75 cents. D3 cows sold from 55 cents to 65 cents. Canner cows sold from 45 cents to 55 cents. And good butcher bulls sold from a dollar to a dollar ten. We had our last pre-sorted calf sale here on December 6th. 400 to 450 pound steers averaged two dollars and 32 cents and sold up to two dollars and 47 cents. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged two dollars and 23 cents and sold up to two dollars and 47 cents. 
500 to 550 pound spheres averaged two dollars at 17 cents and sold up to two dollars at 28 cents 550 to 600 pound spheres averaged two dollars at four cents and sold up to two dollars at 14 cents 600 to 650 pound spheres averaged a dollar 95 and sold up to two dollars at seven cents 650 to 700 pound spheres averaged a dollar 88 and sold up to a dollar 99 and 700 to 800 pound spheres averaged a dollar 77 and sold up to a dollar 94 depending on the weight heifers were 20 to 30 cents back from the spheres this has been stephanie dig reporting from the weyburn livestock exchange the market that gets cattle and the prices too and the latest Saskatchewan pork prices are unavailable this afternoon. We have yesterday's quotes. This is for both Sig4 and Brandon and BP4 Moose Jaw Plants. This is yesterday's quotes, $168.67 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Regina-based Farm Credit Canada is offering support to farmers in Prince Edward Island who could be facing cash flow challenges following a ban on PEI spuds to the U.S., all shipments of potatoes from Prince Edward Island to the U.S. have been suspended after the discovery of a fungus potato wart on two PEI farms. FCC says if the ban persists, many farmers could face cash flow problems, as well as storage and transportation challenges. The agency says it's ready to offer support and find solutions. The North American potato market is highly integrated as Canada and the U.S. are major trade partners for potatoes and potato products. The agency will consider additional short-term credit options, deferral of principal payments, and other loan payment schedule options. These are similar offers made by FCC this summer to drought-stricken prairie farmers and this fall to flood-ravaged farmers in B.C. FCC is Canada's leading farm lender with a loan portfolio of more than $41 billion. On the markets, the TSX is down 81 points to 20,666. The Dow has fallen 116 points to 35,534. Oil has dropped $1.11 to $70.18 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 27 one-hundredths of a cent at 77.79 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.